If Kirby Smart were our football coach, I'd be livid. I'll be perfectly honest about that. Kirby Smart does not make decisions without thinking about both the short-term and long-term gains to win football games for the University of Georgia. He is not interested in helping the SEC out. He is not interested in helping Gus Malzahn out. God knows he's not interested in helping out Georgia Tech and Geoff Collins. He is interested in winning football games at the University of Georgia. If he thought for a second that somehow this would hurt Georgia's competitiveness within the conference, Georgia's competitiveness against Auburn and Tennessee, and Georgia's station as currently the second and ascending towards the, the best team in the conference and the nation, he would have fought tooth and nail. And, and he, frankly, I think he would have told the AD and the conference, you do this at your own peril. In terms of off-season Georgia football podcasts, it's safe to say we picked a pretty good week to record one. With the news breaking earlier this week about Auburn and Tennessee swapping dates on the Georgia Bulldogs' future schedules, Athletic Director Greg McGarrity's contract extension, and the reactive uproar on social media about these happenings, having time to sit down and discuss what all of this means was time well spent. Hopefully our thoughts might help shed some light on the situation or change your mind on how you currently feel. I think Tony's point in the cold open is definitely true. Coach Smart had to have signed off on this schedule change and probably feels that there's a long-term advantage for Georgia somehow by moving the traditional calendar matchups around. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall and you're listening to episode 174 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today in studio by my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And if you're looking at the time code on this show and noticing that it's super long, well, it's because we literally cover just about everything in this episode. From the aforementioned Georgia football news to the toy tosser at the UGA basketball game, Georgia baseball, Major League Baseball, favorite Athens Georgia experiences, that's a good one, and even wrestling, yes, wrestling, and a ton more. There's a lot of humor and a lot of language edits. I think I caught all of them, and I do that because we do have some young listeners of the show, so make sure to check that, but also stick around for our Twitter Q&A and a new segment at the end of the show called Buy and Sell. I mean, that's not an original title, but that's what we went with, and it's where Will goes off on a few diatribes that are quite amusing. It's a good one today. Thanks for tuning us in. Here's episode 174. Hi, I'm Tony. It's nice to meet you. I'm Will. I miss you guys. I'm sorry I've been gone for so long. I Like UGA Carey, I was stuck in the Aspen airport uh, for an extended period of time. I don't know if you saw it, but they were, I love I love Carey. They were trying to get out of Aspen. Yeah, but I have to say my level of sympathy for someone that can't it's get so out of bad Aspen. On me. I'm stuck in the airport, Aspen. Oh, no. We're almost I'm out of Perrier. In, I'm, yeah, I'm stuck in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. <laughs> I can't get home. Come quick. The pate yeah. is running out. Yeah. I didn't All know Aspen had an airport. I think well, yes. I've I, never I, flown in there, but the one time I saw it, I thought, I would not fly in out here in the wintertime. Does it, it have good, to go like straight up yeah. like, a, like an oh F-16? God, it's, it's, it's always a good reminder that like no matter what beautiful place you are in the world, when you're stuck in the airport, you're just stuck, stuck in a in the airport, airport somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and Chili's is about to close. Yes. That's just what but, it is. Uh, but yeah, so I apologize. You guys have done – I've listened to every show uh, that you guys have – All the one show. of them? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the last show that you did. Um, it was a great show, and uh, I think it was better without me. Sometimes I worry Hard when disagree. I miss one that uh, you guys are uh, better without me. Tony but. and I sweat more because we have to work so much harder and yeah, think more. No, yeah. I mean, we can just throw – we can throw uh, – I, I mean, verbal – uh, crumbs, as it were, and I can you tell, run down yeah. a trail. I so. can tell you guys have been working because uh, there's not a lot of bourbon left. Well, so. that's, that's just yeah. 
Scott's kids, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I miss you guys. So thanks for thanks for. Uh, no, this is good. Back. It's like the band's back together. I mean, yeah. when was the last? I guess we had a live show yeah. meeting with us here right after the yeah the me Sugar left Bowl. the national championship. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, it was in between uh, Sugar Bowl and national championship. And this has been my fault because uh, I'm back doing the show. The show's back on. <laughs> How dare you so, do your job? I know the show's back on. Uh, and who, you had someone from Moonlight and Andre Holland. Andre Holland, High, High Flying Bird, Steven Soderbergh's new movie. Uh, Andre Holland is the. If you're on Netflix, just go watch High Flying Bird. You can watch my guest. Yeah, I have it downloaded. Andre, very, um, very good. Um, uh, and Moonlight, which you should have already seen. I haven't um, seen it. Great. Moonlight is wonderful. And uh, Moonlighting well, after, with Bruce Willis. No, Moonlight. Oh. Though I also did like Moonlight, <laughs> um, but Moonlight, with, uh, the one that won the Best Picture just two years ago. Was that the one they messed up? No, they didn't mess up. They eventually got it right. But yes, Moonlight won. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of, um, I thought the one of the best Grissom leeches I've heard in a long time was the Soderbergh one. Oh, okay. um, I really, I just, I mean, like you, you I'm, I'm Gen X, right? right. I, I hear you talk about he is the quintessential Gen X homemaker, right. um, and there is there's zero doubt that there's just certain parts of his films that just like, yeah, I feel that on a real level, and so. I'm looking forward to High Flying Bird because it combines two things that, um, you know, I frankly don't quite understand. I think we'll probably get into that. We'll talk about Zion Williamson. Any is that's basketball recruiting and basketball pro basketball players yeah. and um, using iPhones to shoot movies. Yeah. So I mean, listen, the whole Gen X. We're all Gen X, right? Am I? Are you Gen X or are you Gen Y? No, I'm 76. Yeah. Oh yeah, so you're Gen X. Yeah, you're like the Gen X and. Yeah, so I feel like Gen X is all about <clears throat> trying to do something, but giving yourself a uh, general out yeah. uh, if it doesn't that work. Describes because school authority. Yeah, yeah. yeah. school authority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I'm known as a tryhard now, but uh, generally speaking, the whole idea of being Gen X is you're supposed to try really hard to do something, but not so hard. That well, you I think show the people that you're the movies, reality bites, and singles kind of summed up our existence yeah. in the '90s. Heather's. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I was thinking about what were the, what were the quintessential movies, and or your your '90s riding around Athens uh, question from a couple of pods ago made me think of it. it's like you know the '90s for me were just so bifurcated between happy bubblegum, the fun, you know, the end of the power ballad era. And then the transition into Nirvana, Nirvana, yeah. and you know, just the super dark. Like I, I mean, I, I love Filter. I think Filter oh, is awesome. An yeah. un is, is an unheralded. They played here a couple years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That unheralded band, but their music was super dark. Yeah. Um, and that's just, the whole thing. It's supposed to be dark. Like, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. The, whole, the whole idea of success is bad. Yeah. Trying is bad. Yeah. Uh, being a part of this capitalist world is bad. The problem is I never really grew out of that the way like a normal person grew out of it. So I'm, I still got stuck in it. If I could grow my hair, like for me, I watch Boyhood. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to be Ethan Hawke. I want to graduate, graduate, uh, uh, be the the ass head uh, uh, loser at the beginning, but still like you know serious and poetic. Well, and you, then, yeah. uh, there are lots of things I could say about you. Ass head is not one that That's is okay, even man. within your range. So Georgia sports. Um, what do we hit first? Because there's two hot button topics right now. We kind of so, time this so pretty let's, good. Let's roll basketball out. Yeah, of the way. I think no one's going to care about basketball in a week. All right, um, we should talk me, about the hot story. Then. So when I when, I when I say when I say roll basketball all the way, I mean let's get all of our beanie babies out. Yes. Um, <laughs> so at, the, dear listener, Will, you were there last night. I was. You saw everything that happened. Frame it for us. Yeah. So 
Okay, so for what it's worth, uh, Georgia actually didn't play terrible. They just had one horrible stretch at the end of the first half to set the stage. It was like a nine-point game at halftime, right? No, it was like it was like a twelve-point game at halftime. Mississippi State went on like basically a twenty-two to one run. The span from the end of the first half to the end of the second half. To our non-basketball listeners, that's not good. That's right? not good. Okay. That's not good. And more to the point. To take a step back from it, this year is clear. This is, I think, going to end up being the worst Georgia basketball season since the fifties. Like this has been a very, very bad year. They're one in twelve, one in thirteen right now. Things are not going well. And they won their first game against Vanderbilt. Yeah, and everything has fallen apart yeah. ever since then. Um, and I, one thing we have not talked about was um, we've not talked about several things in Georgia basketball, but one of them we've not talked about was uh, Coach Creens. Uh, a lot of people would have kicked these guys out of here. When I first got uh, when I first got here, that, that I think that quote got around in a pretty negative way. He apologized for it rather quickly. I'm not sure all the damage was undone. Uh, if you start doing the, I don't want these guys on my team, even though they have four year scholarships, um, out loud, that starts questioning the entire structure of college basketball. Out Go loud ahead. is the important part. Yeah, of that. Want, yeah right. No, every coach does this. Yeah, but just no one says it out loud. Yeah. Every coach says, I mean, football is designed to do this. The idea like, you're not my guy, you're my guy, you're not my guy, you're not, you're my guy. Even though we give you a four-year scholarship, you would be better served having Here, someone Here's else. a website. You should explore yes. it. Here's a portal. Have you seen my, my friend, Dr. Portal? Um, so I think that uh, uh, him saying that out loud hurt himself. He couldn't have helped himself any better by getting Anthony Edwards Goose or Dr. Green, whatever you want to say, um, <laughs> or, or, or Gilbert. Gilbert, I was trying to think, oh, that's <laughs> right there. Whatever Anthony Edwards role that you want to do, or the other cop in Zodiac, uh, whatever Anthony Edwards role you want to give him, uh, <laughs> they brought in Anthony Edwards, the number one recruit, the number one recruit. Like so he's in, the Zion Williamson of this class. I mean, he's not Zion, he's not Zion Williamson. Williamson. He's not Zion Williamson, but he is more... Uh, for, for one, his knee's not hurt. Yes, we'll get into that. <laughs> not um, but he is... Uh, he, he's, a, he's a two-guard, so like he's not the physical marvel that Zion Williamson is. However, he is more... Remember Malik Monk? Remember yeah, Malik yeah. Monk from For Kentucky? Kentucky? He is Malik Monk-esque. Is probably, he's, a, he's less of a shooter, but more athletic. But he's awesome. Like every Kentucky desperately wanted him. Georgia got him, and I think Georgia got him partly because of geography. I mean, has he, he signed on the line, which is signed. dotted? He hasn't signed. He hasn't no. signed. But he's. I mean, he can't sign. Like he can't sign until it actually. By all accounts, he's also worth noting. Everyone loves to hate on Calipari for good reason, but he has a rule that when someone commits to a program, he stops recruiting them. Good. A lot of people don't do that. Bruce Pearl, asshead, uh, does this all the time. But Calipari, I get maybe you can argue this is honor among thieves. But Calipari, mm-hmm. once someone commits to a program, he will not recruit them. In fact, the only he's very serious about this when it came to Higgins. Remember, Higgins had agreed to play for Georgia, and so he stopped recruiting him. And then Higgins came to him when they fired Fox. So he doesn't do that as long as Creed is here next year and. By all means, he will be uh, the number one player in college, in high school basketball. Will be playing for Georgia basketball next year, which is so. What kind of impact can one? And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a college basketball right. aficionado, but right. I know there's like ten or twelve guys on the team. 
So one guy can make that big of a difference in how much of a game swing. I mean, so we saw what Ben Simmons did. I mean, they didn't make the tournament, but they yeah. almost did. Well, Colin Sexton is probably even a better example. The right. Alabama guy uh, who's now the star point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And like he w- went to Alabama for one year. They did not make the tournament, but he... And one of the people, reasons people hate Avery, Avery Johnson in Alabama right now is he didn't build off of that. <clears throat> what really matters, if you get that kind of stud, you need to build off of that stud. And so clearly getting that stud is amazing, and it's a great thing, but you need to build off of that stud. And, and which LSU has done. Yeah, and Avery Johnson did not do in right. Alabama. So anyway, we, we've not even talked about the play where the guy threw the, 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 the dog on the court. So basically what happened was we all saw it. There was a foul call. At the, the, uh, basically, Georgia was down pretty much the whole game, and they made a pretty furious comeback late. And uh, Tyree Crump made an incredible three pointer to tie the game with seven seconds left. So Mississippi State, which is a good team, probably going to make the tournament, uh, goes down. Uh, uh, Q, whatever it, Witherspoon, or whatever his name was, uh, who had like thirty points in the game, went and went up for a shot. I think he got fouled by Jordan Harris. Some people don't think he got fouled by Jordan Harris. I think he got fouled and then dramatically splayed across the ground. So to make it to emphasize the foul, but I do think he was fouled. So he went up to make this shoot the the two shots, misses the first one. At that point, a student. I physically saw this student do this. Uh, there were several people sitting in the area. I wish would have thrown it, but <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it was not those people. But a student did throw it onto the court. And they were called, they called it technical foul. And because of the technical foul, uh, when the spoon hit the free throw, hit the technical free throw, and therefore I was able to miss the next free throw. And then Georgia lost. Now, on one hand, I think it is good that Georgia basketball fans are inspired enough to be angry. <laughs> I've been to I've been to, I've been to a Northwestern basketball game. Uh, good good cats. Go where um, they uh, nobody cared, and was, they got screwed by a call, and nobody cared because nobody was paying attention. The fact that Georgia fans were so fired up about the call speaks well. Don't throw things on the court. <laughs> don't think that, throw things on the court. Don't throw things. I mean, that's an inviolate rule of basketball. You don't throw things on the court. Yeah. And I've heard a couple of people argue, well, you can't know who did it. it uh, it's just, yeah. you can't. Everybody now, in that place was booing the crap out of him. Now, two things. First off, foul or no foul, you can't you can't put yourself in position to let the officials make that call. If he sinks a, if he you challenge him, yes. you challenge him. Right. But if he makes the three from there, you just lose the ball right. game, right. right? You can't foul. Right. Second off, is there a world where the coach warning the crowd, the officials decide, you know what, we yeah. can let the technical go. Yeah, there's a world. But by rule, if fans or fan throws anything on the court. It's a technical. So watch on that. For what it's worth, Seth Emerson did ask the SEC just tonight, and they said it's not a hard and fast rule. They encourage it's not. Yes, they encourage you to throw the technical, but the the referees are not obliged to throw to to call a technical at that point. To me, if you throw stuff on the court, you get technical. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's the way it works, man. And it's unfortunate. Like if that would have happened with eleven minutes left. Of a 15-point game, no one would have even thought. Yep, yep, it's technical. It's just it was such a key moment, so therefore you threw the technical. They, they did the technical. Yeah. So, so um, go ahead. It's also a microcosm of the season. Right. The, whole, right. the whole thing is a microcosm of the season, right? You give up a 20-whatever-to-one run. You come all the way back. You, you show a lot of fight. You play a lot of really good defense down the stretch. You played pretty well offensively down the stretch. And then... 
not only do you make a, a foul that is, we can say silly, we can say not silly, we can say it was a foul, it's not a foul. Still, you put yourself in a position to take the ball out, the game out of your own hands. Um, and then, of course, an outside factor comes in and just changes the math on top of that. I think it speaks to the larger issue with Georgia basketball, and I wish to close here, is the real question with Georgia basketball right now is who is back? Next year, this was a big discussion of my. If you see, by the way, if you watched the game last night, I mentioned this on Twitter. If you watch the game last night and you see, there's a moment where they say the refs are being escorted out by the police. You can see them taken right by me. You can see me. You can see a bunch of. Will, were you yelling? I was not yelling. Okay. Uh, in fact, you can see a bunch of people who ran down the stairs to scream at the refs during this. Uh, I am generally anti-screaming at refs. Um, even if they make a mistake because they're not actually trying to screw you. It's a really hard job. And Well, no, no, that's not true. Um, um, uh, Alabama fans swear they are. That's true. Well, Alabama fans, they are getting screwed. Obviously, everybody knows that Alabama fans yeah. are constantly okay. getting screwed all the time. Okay. When they show the refs, you can actually see me not screaming at the refs. I generally would be against screaming at the refs. But it's worth noting, our group of fans, we spent most of the game going, who's going to transfer out? Who's Creed going to get rid of? This is a transition year for Georgia basketball. And to me, I feel like Claxton comes back. Hammonds comes back. Maybe Crump comes back. But uh, Crump's a senior. Like, maybe he can get, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be a grad transfer. I don't know. Maybe, I, don't know if he's, I don't know his academic. Does he have another year of eligibility? He's going to be a senior next year. Oh, but, next year. Okay. Yeah, but he, can be a, but he can be a grad transfer if he wants to go somewhere else. I don't know his academic situation. But the point is, is Crean has made it rather clear that he is, he's got good recruits coming in next year. This is a Fox roster with a Crean coach. And it's not going to work. And I think there is a reason to be very excited. There's also a reason not to be very attached <laughs> to almost anybody that's on the Georgia basketball team right now. Well, the breaking news that just came through Dog Nation, Chip Towers is reporting, and I quote his headline, Toy Tosser, identified by Georgia, banned from Bulldogs' future games. And then as you kind of read the end of the first paragraph, it says that he has been banned from the premises for the rest of the season and his ticket buying privileges revoked for an unspecified amount of time, and UJ would not identify the offending party. I think that is the way to handle it. Yep. To be honest, yep. that is the right way to handle it. Uh, and listen, there were pictures. He of, got doxxed on Twitter, but yeah, yeah. he did. He yeah. did, and I felt bad for him because of that. I did. For the record, there were people that were like, "Yeah, get him! Come on, man! You you make a dumbass mistake once." Like Twitter's real life now, and they yeah. can follow you around forever. And yeah, I, I think you're, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a two minds, but I agree with you. It, you know, thank God Twitter wasn't around in 1989 for many, many reasons. But you know, it's just before. I mean, it's easy to make pronouncements. It's harder to try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Listen, I wouldn't make that mistake. I wouldn't have done what he did. But I'm also 43 years old. And I understand the stakes of my life. And I understand the contract that I make when I go into a sporting event. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not 100% certain. I'm not 100% certain 20 year old Tony wouldn't have. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't sure. say that with all I don't think I would have. I don't think 20 year old Tony would have. But do you know? I don't. I, I'll put it this way I don't <laughs> think I would have done it. But I did dumber things then. Oh, 100%. When I was that age. Well, I mean, I think back to 1997, Georgia, Florida. Donnan's year when Kirby and his crew beat Florida by 20, 37, 17. And people were lining up 
and the kind of manufactured bleachers in that end zone. Yeah. I was sitting there and I was debating, 21-year-old Scott debating, yeah. like, let's storm the field. And you'd see as it clicked down, like two minutes, one and a half minutes, and we knew we were going to win. A couple people trickled down, yeah. and guess what? Cuffs slapped on, and that was all I needed to see, yeah. that rushing the field was not an option. It didn't happen. The only time I've ever seen it was when we beat Tennessee in 2000. Ask, did you go on the field? I, I did not. I yeah. did not. Not because I wouldn't have, but I just wasn't close enough. Okay. So I didn't have that. I'm glad I didn't have that option to to try to think if I was going to get on or not. But I think someone got hurt that night. Yeah. Um, a girl yeah. got hurt by the falling goalpost. Yeah. But, uh, so... Football business. Football business. Apparently, we have now a defensive coordinator and a defensive co-coordinator. Does that sound like a real thing? That's that's not the top. Oh, we're getting to the top thing. thing. Okay, uh, I want you to explain this to me because yes. I still don't entirely understand the schedule. This is this I, is the breadcrumb I left for guess Will. What I did. I wrote down a proposed twenty twenty schedule. Okay. I can go over it whenever you'd like. Explain it to me. I'm just. I'm just saying. I don't entirely understand the schedule or the code. Just what changed and what. Like so, who should be mad? Right. So here, here is the people are angry about it. Are saying, and they're not wrong. George Auburn's been played uh, that particular either the last Saturday of November. Or the next last Saturday since nineteen thirty seven. Since nineteen thirty seven, and tradition is important. I, I do not downplay that. Yeah. And the people that also are mad about it is why would we go out of our way to help Auburn again? Keep in mind because we switched the home and home. And back. Let, let, let's, let's take a step back. What precisely happened? When? when now or then? Now. Now what? Okay. What's the change? I'm getting there. Okay. So why would we help Auburn by making their November schedule easier? Because what's because, happened is they moved. Right, they originally, as it was, they played Georgia and then Alabama back to back weeks, and also away and away and home and home. Right. What has happened is that essentially for the 2020 season and presumably the rest of which is probably for about four years, 22 and 24, uh, or not tw- uh, the next four years, ending out the rest of the SEC current scheduling. Right. Essentially, Tennessee and Auburn have flipped. So, so you get Auburn early and Tennessee. The there you go. Um, but they're not changing the home home thing. No, no. Which is, I think, what I thought frankly, that was the problem. Which I think, frankly, cheeses people more than moving sure. the date. That's the thing is, I thought like I never thought the issue was that they had to play them late. I thought the issue is that you had to that Auburn had That's, to play at Georgia and Alabama one year and home against Auburn, uh, Alabama, and Georgia the last year. So let me let me go on a, a mini a, a mini rant uh, because this will answer one of the questions from Tiffany, um, who one, our friend Tiffany. Tiffany is the best. So Tiffany. shout You're out best. to Tiffany. Tiffany, I just want you to hear me and hear me clear. You are the best. Tiffany, you want me to read what she the, tweeted? Yeah, why don't you read that? I mean, Tiffany did did tweet to us in response to the Tiffany call for questions. She is a Twitter, Twitter person. Tiffany is the best. Okay, so I sent out a tweet earlier saying that happy, we would um, be podcasting tonight. So if you had any questions, we got a lot of questions. And one of the questions was from Tiffany, and, and it echoes a lot of them that we get that we got. And I'll get to all those later. We'll just kind of bunch them. In what's, a, that, what's the handle? Uh, at Tiff Willie. At Tiff Willie. Yeah, Tiffany, sorry if everyone follows you now. (laughs) So um, Tiffany asks, I would like to also hear your thoughts on this scheduling mess. I need for Tony to convince me that this is is creating a competitive advantage for Georgia. Why do we cave so easily to Auburn's whining? And is McGarity staying on another year to finish his master plan? 
<laughs> uh, we'll defer the McGarity question. Yeah, we'll get to McGarity in a second. Let me go on a little rant. I was going to go on. Here's my problem with this is that in 2013, Georgia went out of their way to help the SEC and in doing so hurt themselves. Okay. In that, in that we basically played at Auburn two years in a row and also made our home schedule worse because now we have Auburn and Georgia Tech in the same home cycle. So why did they do that? Because because of Texas A and M and Missouri. Yeah, when when Texas A and M Missouri were added, they needed they needed some game somewhere to switch around. But why did Georgia volunteer to do that? Um, I, I think there are cynical people out there who would say because Georgia really wants to make the SEC happy, and we are compliant in a way. Just, I mean, if you look at the entire history, yeah, like Georgia, the Todd Gurley, in, in Georgia dealing with the SEC and the NCAA. This sounds like the old Georgia. This doesn't sound like current Georgia. So you now you're getting to where I'm going, okay, in, no. in saying that no. the competitive advantage side. Um, if Kirby Smart were our football coach, I'd be livid. I'll be perfectly honest about that. If, if, Kirby if, Smart does not make decisions without thinking about both the short-term and long-term gains to win football games for the University of Georgia. He is not interested in helping the SEC out. He is not interested in helping Gus Malzahn out. God knows he's not interested in helping out Georgia Tech and Geoff Collins. He is interested in winning nice. football games at the University of Georgia. And Despite his his bland milk toast comments about you know we just we there are things we want to fight about blah 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 if he thought for a second that somehow this would hurt Georgia's competitiveness within the conference Georgia's competitiveness against Auburn and Tennessee and Georgia Station as currently the second and ascending towards the the best team in the conference and the nation he would have fought tooth and nail and and he frankly I think he would have told the AD and the conference. You do this at your own peril. I honestly believe that. So then what's the strategy? That's a great question, and I honestly don't know. I can't I, – I've really thought about this in some uh, – a long way. Uh, in some long – is there some long game here? What's the situation? I mean, we can say the strategy is by putting uh, Tennessee later – it allows us another East Division rival because we're done. You're done playing the East by November. Think, think about what happened two years ago. We played Auburn twice within a two week span. You're, you don't have an SEC West opponent at the end of the schedule now, and thus not having to face the same team, potentially Auburn, in the SEC championship game within the matter of like two or three weeks. In much, some, much like two years ago. Right. Exactly. In, For what it's worth, that did actually work in Georgia. It did. It, it did. did, but it, it could it could be detrimental. I mean, there is some world out there where you can can look at this and say it's good because it's good for Georgia because you're building some, a little more suspense narrative, however you want to look at it. The way I look at it, and I assume the way Kirby looks at it, is like we take care of business, we're done by Florida, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what happens to Georgia, Tennessee, we're not gonna lose them anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I, but honestly, I don't have a good answer for you because I don't know what the game is. And people, and this again, forgive me, but like you know, I, I'm in an ongoing SEC education. Uh, I was with our friend Matt before the Georgia Mississippi State game at the Root. I'm more of a pine guy myself, but people like you don't like golden tea. Yeah, I don't like golden tea. I like the Root because they have a good bourbon selection. Yeah, so is the pine. Um, yeah, but it's loud. But uh, and I'm old. And get anyway, off my lawn. Anyway. I saw the, the freaking Feinbaum show was on, and everyone was so mad. Everyone was so mad. And I know that's Feinbaum. But, like, I would understand if someone blinked about the Auburn having to face Alabama and Georgia at home every year and on the road every year. I thought that's what the issue was. 
The idea of moving a game from November to September to me does not seem worth. Like, am I crazy? Like, what? I don't understand. What it depends on the game. It depends on the game because if you want to move Georgia, Florida away from the last weekend in October, yeah, yeah I'll yeah, stack but We're not talking about that. We're oh, talking I, about. I agree. I agree. But and Auburn, keep in mind, is still the Deep South's oldest rivalry. I understand, and it's a game that we have played every year since nineteen. It, it's just that it had been in November. Since 1937, which to I mean, me, I'm just is happy. Kind of, it's, I'm just happy the home and home is no longer. It's not now Auburn and Columbus, right? I mean, because they're. Yeah, I mean, like the that, thing that I've been hearing, falling apart. Yeah, but the, the thing that I've been hearing from the get go here is how they've been off rhythm, right? They've been off rhythm the year that they switched it. Now because of that, now you're stuck with freaking at uh, Auburn's got Alabama. Like the year, like listen, Auburn is good every two years. Yeah, they're and they have they Alabama, Alabama and Georgia, Georgia at home. home. And usually, yes, they're next to one another. So who's but Auburn going to switch with? Who's, who, who's, who's switching on Auburn's schedule? Um, it's got to be somebody. It's probably another East, whoever they're they're Yeah, shit, it's rotating Mississippi team State. The, like, who cares? Like, it's probably the rotating game in the East. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, not, not that it matters for Georgia, but I think, I think what happened yesterday was a perfect storm because you got the extension for McGarity, who – Truth be told, is not, for the next, not highly... Probably the next discussion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you had that. He's not well-liked amongst... And I did a little survey, so I have some data to back that up, uh, that he's not well-liked amongst uh, Georgia vocal Georgia Twitter users. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, um, Which and is then, different than the Georgia Sure, base, sure. But that's honest. all I had to go on because I wasn't going to go polling people in downtown Athens. <laughs> I mean, that would be mean anyway to poll... Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a different definition of the verb. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a perfect storm with... <laughs> With McGarry, with McGarity's extension, along with this news about Auburn, because Auburn's this is one of the big three, you know, Auburn and Florida, and name your other one, Tech or Tennessee. But that was kind of the perfect storm in that, and that's why everybody just kind of blew up because it was almost like they were mad, but they didn't really know why they were mad. Well, part of this, and this isn't going to make anybody happy, but part of this is people are mad simply because McGarity's the helm. That's right, correct. And the way I was in charge. McGarity or Kirby? This is legit. It, de- it depends on depends on or about what. Uh, Kirby, I think I Kirby's think a smart football think, program. I don't think anybody thinks that Moorhead's. In charge. But I mean, I think I think Moorhead's in charge of some things. But Kirby's yeah, a but smart football. Think, yeah. Period. I, that I, that I firmly believe. Yeah, but it's also worth noting that remember what the, to be the moment that I knew that Mark Fox was screwed was when he started to be like, I don't like these football. Kirby's coming. Like when Kirby came in and made the football program. Yeah, he just needs to read the room. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you, like obviously the football. Like, listen, you know, much of the basketball here. Obviously, the football program is in charge, and if you don't recognize that, you got to go. Yeah, Crean recognizes that, and he gets it. So for me, if I'm McGarity, if I'm the athletic director, great. The equestrian team won another championship. Good for you. But like, this is a football school. So to me, you're not going to convince me that McGarity is going to do anything that Kirby Smart's not going to be okay with. No, I, that's I, that's exactly where it goes right. back to what I started with, or no, I started with what I said. I mean, look, you have. Um, so here's my take on on McGarity, which continues to evolve. Is that McGarity is in place because he makes a particular part of the Georgia fan base very happy. That particular part are people who, frankly, get called an airport and veil. Um, they are. I, I love you, Carrie. Put it this way: clamoring for change is fine. I don't think we're going to get a visionary who's going to take out, take a leading role. You're going to get Josh Whitman. Yeah, that's probably right. Who comes in like, sorry, Illinois moment. But Josh Whitman came in Illinois. It's like, I'm in charge. 
everybody clear out. Mm-hmm. And like clearly, everything that happens with no. Illinois sports is because Josh Whitman, a former Illinois football it's player, mover and shaker, is in charge, and it's what he says goes. That is not that's not the what's going to happen here, and, and that has everything to do with the political world that surrounds Georgia athletics, the political world that surrounds the University of Georgia, and the movers and shakers that make those things happen. This begs another question. I actually kind of wanted to bring up that was not on our agenda. What do we think about the Don Lieber business? Hmm, that's a hmm. I think I should abstain from talking about that because I, I, I'm just my, my personal opinion is I found it to be an interesting political gambit. I found it fascinating. As someone you guys know how I feel about Kemp. Yeah, I was pretty fascinated and kind of intrigued. Well, I mean, look, look. Can you fill me in? I have no idea what's so, going. on. Go ahead. So. Don Lieburn, who mm-hmm. and, and uh, for like four others, right, on the Board of Regents from the University Lieburn of Georgia. Lieburn is the big one, obviously. I uh, mean, Lieburn is married to someone whose statue, well, quote-unquote married, to someone whose statue is literally standing at Stegman Coliseum. Right. So, so he was reappointed to the Board of Regents by Governor Deal. The way the law, either either I think it's the Constitution, is written is that it has to be delivered to the Lieutenant Governor as the head of the Senate. Apparently, it was delivered to the lieutenant governor before he was sworn in. Hmm. Um, and Governor Kemp saw that as an opportunity, as an invalid appointment, and said that I'm going to evaluate all the appointments. Now, there were more appointments than simply yeah. the four Board of Regents, but of course, the Board of Regents is second most powerful board in the state um, and creates a lot of headlines. So, and Don Lieber is one of those appointments. I mean, Don Lieber, I mean, the 40 years that he's been yeah, on that board? Yeah. So what happened? Is he not on it anymore? Well, no, no appointments have been made. That's the yeah. interesting part about it. And, and the reason I'm refraining from saying this, first off, I work for the University of Georgia. I, I, I think it doesn't make sense for me to do so. Of course. But as a factual matter, I think it is, is interesting the way that happened. I can also say with, with some certainty that Governor Kemp and Don Lieber know one another. They're both from here. Yeah. I and mean, there's, there is, from everything I've ever heard, there is no bad blood. So, and, I, and I thought, you know, that Lieber was uh, approached for public comment about it yep. and was very chill about yeah, it. Yeah. He was, he did not say that he, he was, he, he seemed to be very supportive of Kemp about the idea. Part of me, it's your dad, right? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so, uh, part of me. Hold on. <laughs> you. You make too much fun of me on my phone for you not to be able to turn your ringer off, Scott. I know. Okay. So I, I don't – I think part of it I, was it, a, a longer-term political play on the part of the governor to exert authority over whatever, right? right? right. Um, it is interesting how it played out considering, um, considering the people that were involved. Yeah. I'll put it this way. Before I moved here, I knew who Mark Richt was. Mm-hmm. I knew who Matthew Stafford was. And I knew who Don Lieber was. So the idea that Don Lieber... You married a good woman. <laughs> like Don Lieber it, it looms in a pretty massive way. Uh, it's just a fascinating thing. It was just a, and I, listen, I'm not talking out of school here. This has been a, I'm not the first person to bring this up. This is a point of massive conversation among a lot of people. To be honest with you, I don't know exactly what it means. But it does mean something. Uh, whatever that is. It's a big thing that Don Lieburn may not be on the board of trustees. That's all. Moving on. Well, to put a kind of cap on the whole Auburn fiasco, I think the people that are upset about tradition are kind of just 
grasping with straws a little bit because it's been shown when it comes to tradition with college football, Georgia football, we have our tenants, Florida and Jacksonville, between the hedges, uh, the uniform, uh, staying the same. Tech. Beating Georgia Tech. <laughs> but uh, I kind of wrote down just off the top of my head some of the things that had gone away, and they've just kind of gone away. You, you don't have the stars on the back of the helmet like Dooley had. You don't even have the bones anymore, which a lot of people liked when Rick was here. You didn't hear that much fuss about when Donnan added the black stripe down the middle of the helmet in the mid-90s. Hard disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you think about the tradition that they uh, bastardized in Atlanta versus Boise State. I mean, yeah. anybody would realize that that was a horrible choice. They pulled out the hedges at Sanford to host 1996 Olympic soccer because the field needed to be widened, and the hedges were gone. People were so mad about that that they didn't enjoy Atlanta United. That's how mad they were about that. that I'm going to the uh, the CONCACAF Cup. Oh, oh, no. oh you're going yes. to, I'm going to the, the Yeah, yeah, the cancel. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm envious. I'm, I'm, I'm flying. I'm, I'm leaving that day. I would yeah. love to have gone to that game. So, sorry. That's okay. I'm just waiting on y'all. Um, yeah, sorry. When it comes to tradition. How, with, what else is going on, Tony? <laughs> What's well, up? Well, Will, let me tell you about my bunions. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Please, Scott, go ahead. I was just going to end with scheduling even for next year because we're playing Vanderbilt. In August, mm-hmm. which is the first game of the year at Vanderbilt. If I got that, get your hotels, by the way. If you don't have them already, get your hotels. Do you guys have your hotels? Not going. You're not going? I'm going to that we, game. Um, I'm we, taking both boys to that game. Ordinarily, I would love to take Charlie to that game. He likes going to Nashville for the Georgia Vanderbilt game. But we go to the lake every year for oh, Labor Day. No matter what. And, um, even if there's a home game, even if it's Austin P. Well, no. We come to the game, but yeah. then we drive down. It's an hour. So... Um, the the one exception to that would be if we played you know Southern Cal in Dallas I would probably right, right. back off to my parents. Well, but will you back off when they play Virginia and Atlanta next year? Probably not. Yeah. I mean I might I might go to Virginia go to Atlanta for the game, yeah. but again it's it's an hour away or hour twenty minutes away. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. They're also playing Kentucky and South Carolina in October, which is not the traditional spot for it. And they're playing Texas A and M before in tech. nineteen in nineteen in nineteen. Oh, yeah, this year I thought we were going to get uh, Keeneland trip out of this no but um so i did write up a potential 2020 schedule i looked there are actually five games that are already written in ink i guess you could say okay. what are they so virginia is on a monday the bind nine right. seven. Oh wow it's actually like the day before everybody it's actually the labor day labor, labor day. day it's right. the labor yes. day game which wait till that comes people will have a problem with it playing on a monday i won't either and this is 2020 so the fourth week of the season we have Louisiana Monroe at home. We have the bye, I'm assuming, These before are Florida. These, These are, are locked. locked. Okay. Yeah, by the way, uh, Greg McGarity did make a big deal about preserving the bye in front of Florida. If for some reason, we lose the, lose the bye next year. That's when the proverbial feces will hit the rotating blades. Right. I don't know why you guys are so crazy about that. Happens all the time, right? Like you, you're gonna lose. Eventually, you're losing that bye week before that game. You shut your mouth. It's going to happen. This is. I'm sorry, but like it's going to happen. So Florida falls on Halloween in 2020. Dude. Missouri is already penciled in. It's going to snow in Columbia on the 11th, and then Georgia Tech on the 28th. So I wrote down. I'm going to let oh, y'all look at this. I like okay, these in in pencil are the potentials the that could be open. And so they're playing East Tennessee State. I'm figuring that's going to be the the five five days after Virginia. Yeah, and then you've got at South Carolina before you play Louisiana Monroe. So here's what happens. You play Auburn 
on October 13th and then go to Alabama. October 3rd. October 3rd. And then you go to Alabama the week after on October 10th. On my 45th birthday. Yeah, we can't play. We will not play Alabama on the 17th because they always play Tennessee on the third Saturday. Um, no, the so fourth has, Saturday. Fourth Saturday in October. Third I think Saturday. It's, so it will be. Well, you didn't, you didn't have that game on there anyway. No, I'm saying. You know, what, the reason why I put Bama there is I was just basing it. Yo, you, no, you're good. You're good. You, no, you're you, fine. You're yeah, fine. You I'm just saying. I'm just saying there is no chance the Alabama game will be on the, on 17th. the 17th. But you don't have it on the 17th. No, you have it on the so 10th. On, uh, so, which means we're going to play either Auburn, Alabama or Alabama, Auburn. Yeah. That's just how it's going to be, and then but you look at the back end of it, and it's going to be either ten. Did you yeah. tweet it yet? No, I just wrote this. This is good, man. I have this to is, say, I, it's pretty love good. Yeah. To Scott yeah. Duvall, this you is know, good. I I love I love me some scheduling stuff, so I'll tweet this out. All right. The idea of because I'm going to George Alabama. Oh, 100 percent, obviously, and the uh, that would be my 45th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. October 10th. That would be my 45th birthday. That would be so a we'll fun have way. So we'll have to work out. That would be a fun way to spend my 45th Well, I mean, birthday. think about it also. The final final nail in this coffin, Georgia's 7-3 versus Tennessee over the past 10 years. Georgia's also 7-3 and three versus Auburn the past 10 years. So I, it's really a moot point. Yeah, I don't – look, I'm – I, I, I don't mean to be provocative when I say this. Chris Morris, the coach, in order to get where we think we should be, I think we think we are – you have to win 11 games. and Yeah, but I do like the point that Scott has generally made here, which is by moving that game in 2020, which is the next schedule that we don't know, you're getting Auburn, Alabama in a row. You're getting Auburn, Alabama in a row. Yeah, it's going to happen. And that's kind of amazing. Like, like basically, Georgia's going to have to do what Auburn has to do all the time. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just right. play Georgia and Alabama right in a row. It's kind of wild. And we'll have it again for hold on, years, hold on. however long. What? Oh, my God. Does your opinion change now? <laughs> I just re- The fact that we switched Holy our schedule. Shit, so Scott's Auburn- right. Oh, my God. Scott, so Scott, Auburn I mean, couldn't play Alabama, and idea. then Georgia's going to ha- have yeah. to do that. Are you kidding me? All right, Tiffany, I changed my mind. I'm really mad now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, basically October 3rd and October 10th of 2020, which, by the way, will be before presidential elections if we're not going to be exhausted enough, um, is going is to be Auburn, Alabama, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Sorry. It's okay. I'm, obviously, this is hitting me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so what's be... next, Scott? What else you got? Are you telling gonna, me the Easter yeah. Bunny's not real? Yeah. God, honestly, and just seriously, whatever your political persuasion, we are going to be so freaking sick of the presidential election by that. We'll point. be ready for Auburn uh, like and then a- Alabama. Can we play Alabama twice. <laughs> just whatever doesn't make us look as the news. Right? You want to get into UGA baseball? Yeah, yeah. I have to say I, I was gone last weekend, the opening weekend when they played Dayton. It looked like the weather was gorgeous on Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday, and the nightmare on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. and they went three and zero. They had some really strong starting pitching. I'll go ahead and get into it. These are names that you're going to want to know because this is probably going to be the Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters. You had Emerson Hancock on Friday was pitched six and uh, two-thirds innings, shutout innings, by the way. Uh, Will Proctor in game one on Saturday had nine strikeouts in five innings. And then Tony Losey had ten strikeouts in six innings on game two. And None of the games were really close. And unfortunately, they got rained out. Like, I mean, all of my son's 
baseball practices. Every, nobody's playing Sunday. baseball this right. week. Um, and they play uh, or softball or softball. Sorry. They do have a three game series against UMass Lowell this weekend. Okay. And for what it's worth, in exactly one month from this weekend, they will be opening up their SEC home schedule against the number two ranked LSU Tigers. What is Georgia ranked? Right? Georgia is ranked in by via Baseball America. They're ranked fifteenth. Fifteen. I mean, yeah. Uh, think about how recently we were. Oh, I know. Like, oh, this time last year. Canned. Yeah, he's yeah. getting canned. What are we even doing this stuff for? Yeah, yeah and, someone else has a top ten. I don't remember who it is. Well, Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't know which one it is, but Vandy's number one. LSU's two. Florida's four. Uh, let's see. FSU's six. Mississippi State is ninth. Um, Mississippi's 13th, Clemson's 14th, and Georgia is 15th. So it's very SEC, Whatever, ACC like they're, heavy. They're, like they're in a good spot because where they were, I mean, again, we've talked about this before, but I moved here in 2013. I was like, man, I'm right next to Georgia baseball saying That's going to be amazing. And then they were terrible. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go. And now this is like last year, turned it around. Yeah. And hopefully they have a first baseman that doesn't go to football games and Say, say dumb things. Ignorant crap, but uh, it's good stuff. Uh, like it is. And it's a good reminder. I know this is, the, I want to ask you guys this actually, because I kept hearing when I moved here, because I'm so close to the stadium, that back in the day, Fully Field was rowdy. Back in the day, it would get wild and people would go like tailgate and go nuts out. Agreed. There. But they don't, that, that, that has been shut down. Probably for the best. But I have to say one thing. I was at the game last year where they, uh, against uh, maybe who were they playing? Kentucky, maybe. Where they, toward the end of the year, where uh, they were building their tournament resume, and on Sunday they won against a top ten team on a, on a diving play in left field. Uh, uh, people that are baseball fans will will remember the exact moment, but. That moment, which was, I think, from all, from people I've talked to about during the Georgia baseball, was the most exciting moment that Georgia baseball has had in several years. Since Gordon Beckham's home run? Or, yeah. yeah. It, and it was fun because yeah. you saw an exciting play happen. It was not insane in there. And I think that's – when I hear these stories of when it used to be wild. The 08 season yeah. was insane. We haven't seen that yet. I think that's going to require two or three years of sustained success before that starts feeling like a really exciting place to be. I love going to those games. It still feels not as exciting to me as even a women's basketball game, to be honest. But but from what I understand, it used to be much more exciting than even a men's basketball game. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I think it could get there. One thing I remember was uh, the last time they were in the Super Regional, I think it was against South Carolina when South Carolina had five home runs in one inning back to back to back to back to back. Remember that, Tony? Yes. And Georgia won the game. Yeah. 2008 was a crazy season. They had uh, Josh Fields. They had Gordon Beckham. Remember was Mitchell Boggs here? I think he came after that. Yeah. Like when Grimm was here? Yeah, he might have been that. I'm a Cardinals fan, so I'm always going to. Are you? Yeah, we have the internet in our pockets. Mitchell yeah. Boggs. Oh, my, my, I remember your dad's calling your internet. <laughs> Mitchell, uh, uh, my, I have a friend of mine in New York that uh, every time he saw Mitchell Boggs pitch in the Cardinals game, he said, Mitchell Boggs sounds like the protagonist in a John Grisham novel. Well, yeah, and, 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 like, and the judge is like, young Mitchell Boggs here thinks he understands how law works here in Alabama. Well, and, uh, I always, well you are. <laughs> so I always, Mitchell Boggs is very much a young idealistic lawyer's name. 
I, I thought he was here before I went to Illinois. He was here uh, like oh three oh four there in that, really? that range. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Back in the two thousands, they had uh, I think they went to the College World Series all the even years. Yep. Yeah, what he was, was on, he was on that 06, What was the year they won? Well, 90. 90. Okay. They almost won in 08. They lost to Fresno State in the final. I remember watching that with my with this new hot girl that I thought I might keep hanging out with. And then I married and impregnated. <laughs> and then Alexa killed you. Um, so we mentioned Major League Baseball. Since it is spring training, mm-hmm. I was interested to get Will's predictions of who would win National League East, Central mm-hmm. West, and the same for the American League and also the wild cards because I wrote that down. And since you are employed by Major League Baseball, I wanted to know if I'm on the right track or not. I encourage everyone, if I may have a little moment of self-promotion. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, every Thursday, uh, go to MLB.com. I am previewing every single division in Major League Baseball. Uh, 20 questions, four to each team, uh, previewing the 2019 season. It's a good reminder that baseball is, in fact, happening pretty soon, even though almost no one is signed. Baseball is going to happen, and baseball is the best. So I just did the AL East today. Um, so will you I, tell me if I'm right? Yes. Go. Okay. AL East, Red Sox. I actually pick the Yankees. Okay. Yankees. AL Central, Astros. No, no, you mean AL West. Oh. They should be, <laughs> they should be in the Central. They're not in the Central. They're in the Central of the... Anyway. Time zone. They're, they're in the West. Okay, so let me, let me uh, spitball this. Let me say the Twins. Uh, the Indians would probably be the best example. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, the Indians are going to win the AL Central. Okay, so I put the AL West as the Angels. Uh, the Astros are going to win. The Astros. Oh, man, I'm getting it all mixed up. All right, wild card for the American League: the Yankees, Twins. I would say the Red Sox. You think because so? Because I think the Yankees are winning the division. And the White Sox. I actually say the Rays. I think the Rays oh. are awesome this year. Okay. I think the, the Rays, <laughs> if, they were, if they were in the Central or the West, probably the Central, they would definitely win the Central. The Central but they got, they got hosed last year. They had a great record and they were, were not, finished they had third. Wins and yeah, they, were, they were stuck. I, uh, my guess is the Yankees win the division, the Indians win the division, the Astros win the division, the wild card game is Rays at Red Sox. Okay. okay. All right. Interesting. Let me try the National League. Braves for the East? Right now, I would say yes. I'm waiting for the Nationals to do something. But um, right now, or if the Phillies sign Harper, I might still pick the Braves. But uh, if the Nationals keep Harper, I might say the Nationals. I think if either team in the East get Harper, I'm still going to say no. I think the Nationals are, frankly, a better challenger to the Braves right now than the Phillies are. So if the Nationals get Harper, I think that makes them pretty solid across the board. I would probably pick the Nationals if they get Harper, but I don't think they're getting Harper. So if they don't get Harper, uh, even if the Phillies get Harper, I'd still pick the Braves. Can I ask a question? Um, so I did not acquiesce. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm going to ask Scott. So Harper. <laughs> no, I'm <just> <laughs> What's the deal with that guy? Extremely talented clubhouse cancer? No. I mean, no, he's I just holding yeah. out for the, la- for the no, best no, I, I don't, no, no. I'm just saying he's been on Players a team. love Harper. Okay. I, just, I don't know. I, They're I don't not know. sure about Machado, okay. which I would argue, I personally would argue, is a more of a cultural disconnect than a personality disconnect. I would agree with that. But uh, players love playing with Harper. Okay. Nobody complains about The okay. only person that's ever complained about Harper is Jonathan Papelbon. And everybody hates well, Jonathan Papelbon's Papelbon. So, okay, write that time down. Yeah, there is not a player in baseball that would not love to play with Harper. I'm just curious because he's been on a lot of teams that are really good. 
and yeah, but they the, just they fizzle. They yeah. just want Harper's dad to throw him BP. Yeah, I think that Har- I would listen. He looks like Rick Steiner. I still here's a larger question when it comes to Harper. <laughs> uh, larger question when it comes to Harper. It's clear he does not want to go to Philadelphia. Like yeah. they're the only team that can pay him as much money as he wants. He obviously does not want to go to Philadelphia. And frankly, I don't blame I him. Totally don't blame him. Like I would never want to go to Philadelphia. Like they had Mike Schmidt, the best third baseman of all time, on their team for twenty years, who won them a World Series that they had never won before, and they hated him every single year for twenty years. If I were Bryce Harper, I would go to Chicago. They hate Santa Claus. Yeah, I would go to Chicago. You go to the, you go to the White Sox. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I would go to the White Sox or the Cubs. The Cubs are apparently not offering, but I would go to the White Sox. Why don't it, we trade Marcakis? And get him here. And I don't we can know what, if the Braves yeah. were really all in. They're owned by a corporation. This is the problem yeah. when you're owned by a corporation yeah. is you can always talk yourself out of a big of a big move. Like Harper on the Turner Braves would have done it. Harper and 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 the Braves would have won the division for five straight years. So any uh, one last Harper question? Any chance the Padres also do it because they got room? Yeah, I think the problem with them is Hosmer is what's going to hold them. Hosmer's uh, a bad contract. Yeah. And they've got Machado. They don't need to win any more points. Yeah. they got. Machado. I mean, the Angels could do it because, yeah. you know, Pujols yeah. and everything. Yeah. All right, uh, so the National League Central, the Brewers. I'm picking the Cardinals. I actually think the Cardinals are the best team in the division. In fact, I think the Brewers are – I actually picked the Brewers third and maybe even fourth. Mm. I, I think that I think that the Brewers I, – I, who, who, who do you think second? The Cubs. Cubs okay, because yeah. I, I, I think it's the Cubs. I, I, think the I Cubs, don't like it, but... The Cubs are right behind the Cardinals. I think that uh, uh, the Cardinals have more flexibility than the Cubs do right now. And so, the Cubs so for the West, I wrote down the Dodgers. And for the wild card, I wrote Padres and whoever gets Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, well, again, we don't know who gets Harper. We don't know who gets Harper. But I would say that I think the Cubs are going to get a wild card. Or the Cardinals. So yeah. team doesn't win the division of those two. I think the Cardinals and Cubs are clearly better than the Brewers. So do you think the Dodgers repeat? Yeah. Okay. And I think... So even with Mikado, you don't think... Oh, yeah. They, okay. they, 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 they get Seager back. They miss Seager all uh, last year, uh, and they get him back this year. So And they've got Turner right there. They don't need... So who's in the World Series, and who wins it? I think... The, listen, this is the fourth straight year. I'm going to be wrong about this, but I think the Dodgers are finally going to win a World Series. The Dodgers have been one... God, that city will go crazy... They have like, just wanted and they wanted just and, and they, they like listen. I know that this is an age where people are very wary of baseball teams not spending. The Red Sox spend, mm-hmm. the Dodgers spend, mm-hmm. the Yankees spend. Mm-hmm. Like this is why I loved what the Padres doing it is the Padres have them. every team in baseball, including the Braves. If I, I'm, I know I'm talking on Georgia podcast. Braves fans should be angrier with their ownership than they are. I'm pretty fired up because there is they've got a good farm system. This is the time when you spend. This is, this is what the Padres are doing. The Padres have this incredible farm system, but they're spending now to, to secure that they've got something solid to build around. That's totally what the Braves should be doing. They have all these great guys coming up. They've got all these young players. Now you can spend on a guy like Harper. You can, they're not doing it. They signed Marquette, so they're obviously not doing it. But you can spin on a guy like Harper and then build around him for the next 10 years. And the hard part about it is that, and this cuts both ways, of course, the East is ripe for the taking. The West, for as long as the Dodgers are in there, of course. They can spend the, they're going to spend the money. The Braves could 
They could own the East for five years. For 10 years. But to be fair, didn't Marcakis outplay Harper last year, statistically speaking? In RBIs, but no. <laughs> like, and listen, I like – for the first half he did. But then Marcakis, as older players tend to do, fell off. I, listen, I don't like disparaging Marcakis. What do you mean older? Um, I love Marcakis. Like, I, like Marcakis is a dude – I root for Marcakis more than I root for Harper. Like, that dude's a good dude, and everybody likes Marcakis. But there's – it's not even close. Like, you would want Harper in a half a second. Hmm. It's a lot of baseball talk. So, I well, love. Well, one more thing about baseball. I looked up. Uh, I will like, be going to Jupiter, by the way. I'll be in Jupiter oh, in two weeks. That's a long flight. I will be in Jupiter for two weeks. <laughs> it is my, uh, Scott made it funny, y'all. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes. I'm seeing Io. I'm seeing the moon. Uh, uh, and, um, but Thinking like Bugs my, Bunny and the Martian. This is my great uh, one year of uh, huge Will Leach hypocrisy where I go to uh, I go to spend my week at a Trump property uh, from the uh, from uh, Alexis' father-in-law. And I have to tell you, this is a, you can tell it's a nice Trump property because they've taken his name off it. So that's how you know it's a nice one. They have a good omelet bar? I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be. Yeah. It so, is a very nice thing. I'm very happy and lucky to get to do it every year. The last thing on baseball, I, I Googled um, 2019 MLB uniform changes, and there are a few because mm-hmm. I was interested about <laughs> that. I got to tell you, I give you about uh, about football uniform changes. I am all in on baseball uniform. Uh, so uh, Major League Baseball has, has – uh, uh, they, 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 they do new era caps. Right. Well, New Era has severed its relationship with the union manufacturers that made their hats. So they can go make them cheaper somewhere else. Where now the Major League Baseball Players Association, who, as we may have noticed, is very angry with baseball right now, and as a union, and has as a union has come out and said, "No, you need to keep the union hats." And I have to say, whatever your thoughts about unions and so on, how about those hats be made in America? You know, how about those hats be made in America? Well, maybe we'll get some snapbacks or something instead of the. Yeah, so I'm a flex guy. I'm a flex hat man. <laughs> like flex hat. I'm a flex hat man. No, give me I'm a, a s- snapback or a fitted hat, like a true fitted hat. Yeah, true fitted hat. Yeah, I'm a flex like a guy. seven. I think I'm a seven and an eighth or a seven and a fourth. Yeah, I'm a small slash medium flex hat. I bet you're like an eight, aren't you? Seven and five eighths. Oh, okay, that's close to an eight. Yeah, I'm seven and three. I know my fraction. It's three I'm eights, seven and three, three eights. eights for me. Um, so the Marlins. Have you seen the Marlins new uniform? Yeah, it looks I, awesome. I like yeah, I like them. It looks like really them. good. Their their logo has changed on their helmet. They they basically went with a they of course they have white. Did the old back the old school fish? No, well, I mean, kind of around an M. But yeah. but the cool thing is, if you can envision this, it's a black hat with like what's their color? Blue thunder. That's the color that they have. It's blue thunder on black. By the way, this is great podcast. I'm giving Scott a very skeptical look. And they, they, they have a hint of orange in it just ever so slightly. So my first thought was like, what's Marlon's man going to do? Uh, he's going to have to well, change Marlon, his annoying. Marlon's uh, man could screw off and die. But I do like. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's very philanthropic. I no. saw a 60 Minutes thing on him. Or yes, something. I know that he loves to claim that he's he philanthropic. He's got good PR people. But I will say that I do like that logo. It's a great logo. That is a good logo. It is I a good logo. Yeah. yeah, that's a good logo. And so as for, as for our Atlanta Braves, they uh, changed the piping on the sleeves and the buttons. So the, the blue away jerseys and then the new reds that they're going to wear on Fridays, the red jerseys that they kind of went away from, it really stands out because they have this gray piping right down where the buttons are and on the sleeves. The, the, you wouldn't know it or you wouldn't think it, but just that little added part really just makes them pop. Looks great. So trust me on that. Um, 
And then the Cardinals, they're going to bring back the Victory Blues that they wore from 76 to 1984. So I got thoughts about that. I'm sure you do. That's fine. (laughs) What? So my problem with the Victory, I love the Victory Blues. That's Mm -hmm. when I grew up loving baseball. Like everybody loves the 80s Cardinals, right? Everybody loves Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith, William McGee. Oh, yeah. Whitey Herzog, that's people love these. Cards. Tommy Herr. Tommy Herr. Terry Pendleton. Terry Pendleton. See, pre, Pendleton pre, yes, yeah, exactly. Pre Braves. George Hendrick, Lonnie Smith, Daryl Porter. We, Braves fans have other yes. thoughts about Lonnie Smith. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I love the Victory Blue. Now, my problem with the Cardinals, what they're doing, is if you're going to do the Victory Blue uniforms to honor the 80s, where are the actual Victory Blue uniforms? What they're doing is. They're doing a couple of years ago. The Cardinals started these fake throwbacks, where they basically they look like jerseys from the '40s that Stan Musial would wear, but it's nothing. It's nothing that they actually wore. Yeah, they're fake throwbacks. It, it conjures up nostalgia without actually being a jersey they wore back then. So what they've done then is they've taken those jerseys and made them victory blue. Okay. So basically, now you have a fake jersey that no one actually ever wore back then. So what I love is the old like they're still button up. Mm-hmm. Like in the eighties, nobody wore button no, up they jerseys. Were all just pullovers. They wore the, the pullovers. These are like the victory blues they're bringing back are not pullovers. They're button ups and they're pseudo throwbacks. They're a weird mutation of the forties <clears throat> throwback jerseys, except now they're victory blues. And I would argue that is, in fact, morphing nostalgia into a way that is not the way you want to do it. Like, imagine if you took the old Georgia, the old school, like, old school 20s, 30s logo, but then combined it with blackout. Like, that'd be weird, right? You could be combining two. Oh, see, Scott likes it. Isn't it weird? It's like the fly. Sure. It's like it's like Brundle fly. Scott. Like you can't like mix. I'm, I'm very simple when it comes to Scott. Just leaned back and put his hands behind his head, and I don't know what that means. It was very weird. Uh, you just—it's Brundle fly. You don't want the uniforms to be Brundle fly. If you're gonna do an old school throwback, do the old school throwback. What they're doing is this weird amalgam of three or four different things and putting it together as one. I think the Washington Redskins new quarterback next year should wear a single bar face mask then and throw it back to Theismann. Let's see, that would be a real throwback. <laughs> um, but, uh, you missed Sonny Jorgensen, but okay. No, oh. Theismann had a single bar. Did he really? Yes. That explains this the big, The big jersey thing happening in baseball is not happening until 2020, which is the Padres are going to the old oh. Browns, which is oh, wonderful. That is amazing. Like, I can't believe they ever... Have you ever seen their, like, weird military honoring? Yeah. They look terrible. I've always wanted their hat because it's my initials. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, uh, yeah. SD. Like, the Padres have the most beautiful uniform in all of baseball if they would just go back to it. And apparently they're going full... With the Padre on it? With the full brown, the old Oz, the old Gary Templeton. Nice! Tony Gwynn. They are doing that jersey in 2020. Dear Atlanta fans. And it's not like a throwback. Like they're wearing it. They're doing it the way Will wants it done. Yeah. Yeah. Just like with the White Sox. Um, Like the White Sox will occasionally wear. Are they going to wear collars again? Remember the old White Sox? Well, it was socks. It was an SOX mm-hmm. and it looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Imagine that merging it with like this weird occasional 90s jersey, the Jordan jersey. Remember when Jordan was playing for the White Sox? And he wore it was all black and it was all mm-hmm. like you don't merge like the 80s jersey and that. You let the 80s jersey live. It's like what the Pirates do. They bring out those ugly yellows 
But see, those are beautiful. No, well, I mean, they're they're hard to look at. They are hard yeah. to look at, but like they're specific and awesome. Yeah, it's like Willie Stargell. Right, right. With the painter's cap. Yeah, yeah. The painter's cap. Yeah. Kent Yeah. All right. Two more uniform things. The Indians have finally gotten rid of cheap Wahoo, and they have a C on their hat. That's that's and then the Twins have a blue and gold alternate jersey with the TC. For Twin Cities on the sleeves. So I have to say, I've been making fun of Scott a lot for his jersey stuff when it comes to baseball stuff. <laughs> I am so in. So show. in. I'm so in. Still out. All right. So that's kind of the end of the podcast because we don't have any. Um, oh, we got to talk Oscars. What's the other stuff? I don't we know. don't have. Oh, we haven't talked about reviews. Joni Taylor yet. Yeah. We talk about Joni Taylor. Taylor, Superwoman. Did you say who? No, I thought you said Tony Taylor. Yeah, oh, it's like hold up. No, I thought I thought I wasn't I wasn't yeah. listening. No, I know who I know who Joni yeah. Taylor is. So who she won a game, which has been a disappointing year, by the way. They, they won tonight, yeah. by the way, it's against been, Arkansas, yeah. which is a nice win. Yeah, it's been they they're they're nearing bubble territory, but more to the point, uh, they won, and then Joni Taylor gave birth. Now, if you twelve went, hours later, now for what it's worth, <laughs> if you went to a Georgia basketball game in the last month and you saw Joni Taylor. You were like, she's going to give birth at any minute. Like, she was very pregnant. Like, she was... Uh, it speaks to how awesome Joni Taylor is. This has been a bummer of a year for them. It's actually been a little bit of a step back. I think that there was... I understood the decision they made of... Uh, I know they kind of let him retire gracefully, but clearly they were ready to go in the new direction. She seemed like a very smart decision in that. This year's been a little bit of a bummer, I have to say. This been, year's not been the year you would hope. Q Morrison getting hurt at the beginning of the year certainly did not help matters. But you'd like to see them... You'd like to see them get the tournament this year. And they're a little out right now, but it feels like they should get in the tournament this year. And, I think they will. And, and I don't think it's a... Disaster or a sign for a different direction to go if they don't make the tournament this year. But it feels like they should get in the tournament this year. Agreed. So a couple of the tweets that we got that we have not covered. We have, we've only covered Tiffany's. Um, What's at, up, Tiffany? At Tiff Willie. W-I-L-L-I. What's if up, y'all want to follow her. Hey, Tiff, what's up? She makes great bacon-wrapped somethings. Bacon-wrapped everything. Yeah. She makes the um, Okay, so Sea Dog Knight. Says shout out to the women's tennis team winning the indoor national oh, yeah. championship. Yep. yep, yep. Oh yeah. UGA softball and baseball are both in the top ten, coming off opening sweeps. But will this rain ever let them play again? So, thanks, Sea Dog Night. We we agree with that that the women's never. tennis team. Oh no, yeah, it's yeah, baseball. And we also softball, agree that yeah. it's never going to stop raining. Yeah. Um, okay, Shan. I think he's on the West Coast, way out there uh, in Washington or something. Seattle, I think. T N R L M. Yeah, love that handle. <laughs> what in the wide world of sports is all of the scheduling BS about? How does swapping Auburn and UT benefit UGA? Why would we do it if it doesn't? Why don't we demand payback for the two consecutive games on the planes? I think we covered that. Asked, answered. I do think this is an example of how we are so desperate for something to be angry about. Yeah, <laughs> when well, it comes uh, to yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I mean, get it. It's the off season. I get it. Yeah, and uh, Mateo, at Mateo Phillips, Matt Phillips says, "What is McGarity doing?" So just wanted to. We read actually his tweet. did not cover the McGarity extension. His extension. And it's a one year. It's a one year. I mean, I did a little bit when I said. Look, McGarity is 
still in there because there are people that like what he's doing. Those people are not, um, those people are the true power levers behind the athletic program. And yeah, I derailed this with the Libra and part of this. Yeah. Right, right, um, right, right. So, I mean, look, he, look, the metric for success at the university of Georgia is some combination of, um, very good football, other sports, other sports, good. And, continuing to make money with continuing money to being a number one. And there's just no way around that. And Georgia has been continuing to make money. So I, I and I don't look, I don't, I don't hate McGarity. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, football is, is doing well. I personally think basketball, men's basketball is on a trajectory on a place where it could be going up. I mean, I was like, listen, I got no love lost one way or the other, but I have to say if, Kind of seems like he's doing all right, right? Like he brought in Kirby Smart, who clearly has <laughs> changed the like he oversaw. So, so, I'm, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the yeah, but Georgia. Fan. Okay, let's go. What, let's go. Yeah, but that wasn't McGarity. That was the money people. He is the athletic director. Yeah, but that's therefore- yes, the money people. Okay, well, fine. So if but, he hated all of those people, or he was not listening to those people, he would either be out of a job. Or, like, he is the one that actually... You, you know what I think? You just hit on something. Right. Right. The reason he's still in the job is that the he had people the that to... gets the decision, that, that made the decision about Kirby, for example, right. like him. And, and listen, I remember watching, I wrote about this, when the, the weird, I guess, Mark Rick's retiring? What well, is this? That was, the tur- that was the turning point when he was sitting there. Yeah. Next time it was so awkward. I I really think, and I could be wrong, but I think that might have been one of the turning points, just because the optics were so poor. I mean, he's terrible. He is terrible at PR. I mean, there's no doubt whatsoever. He is not great at PR. And the the Mark Rick retirement ceremony slash co- firing, whatever it is, like the more and more you think about it, the more it's just saying that. Was. But I mean, but there's a whole world out there. Of other things, including we brought some up earlier. I mean, our dealings with the NCAA. Um, by the way, shout out to Missouri. Shout out to Mizzou. Um, it's it's hard, right? But the reality is, is that by the metrics outlined by the people that give money to the University of Georgia, he is successful. Mm-hmm. And and there's no way around it. Yeah. And I have to say, that's not nothing. Well, it's not like nothing. It's not no, nothing. that's right. It's not, not for nothing. Not for nothing. Yeah, but we're from rural places. Don't don't correct no, us, Mr. Not, no, no. Our line our line on our podcast is not for nothing. Oh, not for nothing. Remember? But I'm arguing that like it's actually like like that is an impressive balance beam to make your way through. Agreed. And and I'm listen. I have no. I don't even know the dude. But what he's been able to kind of he has there, you guys know this better than me. But has there been a bigger massive transition? In Georgia sports ever from then to go from Mark Richt to Kirby Smart. Dooley to golf. Let me tell you about 1987. <laughs> Honestly, though, like no, Dooley to golf was. I but, well, what, but what was the what was the transition there? Just that it was just a different person? Because this feels like a different correct. sensibility. Um, like this is a we're cool with the Georgia way. We've talked this so many times in this podcast. Like the idea of think about how dramatically different Georgia sports is now, as opposed to the way it was when we were. That's still, fair. Like nobody talks no, about fair. the that's Georgia fair. way anymore. That's fair. Like that's nobody fair. talks about the Georgia way anymore. 
That's not even pretend that's a real thing. We're like, win, mofos, or get out. (laughs) I I wanted to curse, but I saw Scott. And but the point is, it's like. Was it like one in the morning? I don't know. I have no idea. What it's a is. mass. Uh, it's a serious point, though. Like, it is a massive, massive transition that Georgia's force has made, and somehow McGarity has been a part of both of those and things. has navigated it. That is not insignificant. I- internally, has navigated yeah. pretty deftly. Right. You're right. I don't. I don't disagree with that. So, just because I'm going to read all of these tweets, because I I appreciate people uh, tweeting at us. Uh, Will, what's his name? Not Lee. Moser. Yeah, Moser. William Moser. I, I like what he puts as his uh, title. We'll insert topical pun here, Moser. <laughs> I've seen that, dude. Um, he, he says the one-year extension for McGarity is it, and he's gone after that, right? Please? So just sharing his— um, I'm just saying that, like, I'm just going to give one more defense of McGarity <sighs> on this. That's a massive transition to survive. And I feel like— you want cockroaches, right? Like you want someone that's got institutional understanding and can still move on to the next level. You want someone that can't be shot. You haven't, you haven't lost me yet. <laughs> you All want right. someone that can't lose. They can't die. Yeah. Right. And I've got a couple good ones now. They're not on McGarity or Auburn or anything. So uh, at Dan Polinsky asks, first time, long time, graduated from UGA in 99 and haven't been back, sadly, since 07. Wow, where do you live, Daniel? Honest, I was about to ask the exact same question. <laughs> Commerce. I live on the moon. Where does yeah, he live? Yeah. He lives on Jupiter. Yeah. Uranus. Um, Uranus. I don't know where. He, oh, Falls Church, Virginia. Sorry for... Bro. I mean, that was on your Twitter. It's, it's public. Bro. Bro. I left in 93 and went to Washington, D.C., and I came back. So he I've says... Champagne several times. This is an interesting question. He says, what change or changes to campus or downtown would most shock me? I lived in Russell, O'House, and McCorder Hall, as well <laughs> as on the east side while I was there. So I covered a lot of campus ground. McWhorter's gone. <laughs> I think uh, we end there. You know, well, you know what it would shock him if he lived at Russell and O'House is go down to Bolton Dining Hall and look towards the Corral Hall where the new Terry College of Business is. That's where the fraternity <laughs> or, houses used or, to be. Or, or Bolton Dining Hall being down It's the amazing. Hill. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah, my kids love it's that It's beautiful, place. and yeah. it's got amazing but food. has gone. I'm sorry yeah, to break that to you. That was the athletic dorm. Yeah, was well, it, wasn't, it wasn't at the end, but yeah. So, yeah, I think— um, It's a par- literally a parking lot now. As it comes to downtown, uh, the structures are all the same, but I think you'd be sad that a, you know, a couple of the big— Firehouses. Oh, it's still there. Um, <laughs> places I mean, have gone. Isn't everything now just a bunch of high-rise and stuff for— Downtown? No. No. George Theater's still there. I know, but like, there's a ton of high rises down. I'm not crazy. I mean, that's probably yeah. You, like, there's a yeah, ton of will, high rises will, will, will. No, there's no high rise down. <laughs> They're mid rise. They're mid rise. But yeah, I, I think if you look towards. Oh the, my god! I just gaslighted you. Yeah. If you look towards the eastern part of downtown, like heading into uh, Dudley Park, that's where the mark has been built. There there's are not some, a Walmart there. There's not a Walmart. There is a huge, massive uh, student housing structure. Yes. But it's nice. My sons hey, uh, always want to say they want to live there. To, to Scott Duvall, who's helped uh, publicize the awesome now kind of uh, the, the the park, the yeah. Firefly Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go watch also, he did a great them. video for Athens uh, Chamber of Commerce. I encourage you to look at my Facebook page if you hadn't seen it. I look at Scott's. It's awesome. It's a really cool, really great people. Uh, Lemuel Larouche, uh, uh, who is this? Peter uh, Dale, Peter Dale, Sarah McKinney. Um, uh, Mayor Gertz. Yeah, Kelly Gertz. I saw him at the Drive-By Truckers concert the other night. So, 
Yeah, I, I will say that like uh, one way or the other, man, it's just a cool thing to have. It's, it's great. Cool yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So. And that's a, a good transition to this is uh, the guy at Georgia Bikes <clears throat> tweeted oh, at right, us. Yeah. He saw me at a Christmas parade one time and said, are you Scott? Do you do the podcast? And so he was, he was really cool. Uh, he tweeted, we've really enjoyed all of the Athens-related questions or lists. So how about this one? Outside of Georgia football games, your favorite yearly event in Athens. And in honor of the drive-by truckers playing mm-hmm. last weekend at the 40-watt, any truckers and or 40-watt memories and stories? The 40-watt retweeted that, right. too, by the way. Oh, good man, good man. That's a good question. You should start. That. So the, the Heathen's Homecoming definitely is on my always and to-do this, list. This year, I was away this week. Right, yeah. Week. yeah. You were in New York, right, for a wedding? Yorks. I was doing the, I was um, doing the Will Leach show, yeah, Matt, season two, our with friend, Andre Holland. Our friend Matt Brown, so I got to get back down. He, yeah. he uh, responded to that. Uh, the Heathen's Homecoming is pretty big for me. I, I'm, I'm nostalgic. I'm a sucker for Homecoming. I am a sucker for graduation, um, but Heathen's Homecoming and Twilight are pretty high for me. Um, when is Twilight this year? Uh, it's, usually a, it's usually in May, right? The weekend after graduation. I keep missing it. I miss it every yeah. year. So it's just, uh, so just going to be around May the 19th or thereabout. Um, the, 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 show, the shows at the 40 Watt are just outstanding. They're just, it's just really – it's something very visceral about the tr- watching the truckers play in Athens, right? I mean – you know they because now I mean Patterson doesn't even live here anymore. No, Patterson doesn't live here. He's in Portland now. Cooley, He's coming back for this. Cooley doesn't really live here. Yeah. Um, but they I still think, come back. Yeah, I think Brad Morgan's the only one that still yeah. lives in Athens. Um, maybe Matt Patton lives here. I mean, here there now. are three times as many REM members that live in Athens than yeah. by Chargers members. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I almost hit Stipe the other day. Really, you saw him? Come on. I yeah. saw him at the movie theater. So yeah, so we were talking yeah. about. The I see him at, uh, at the uh, Earth Fair all the time. So you're talking about truckers. I saw Kelly Gertz, saw Burtis Downs at the, the Gertz, trucker show. Love they were both standing behind me, and I turned around and looked at Patterson Hood's hanging out right there behind us, yeah. watching the eyelids, uh, who were the opening band, who is a, uh, um, oh, God, who's the, they're like refugee members from another band uh, uh, that I can't remember. They were really good. Um and you know, look. It, one, of, it, one of my favorite Athens experiences, by the way, is I went to dinner at uh, the uh, oyster place. Sea Bear, Sea Bear, and so I'm with him with my dad because he loves oysters. And Your then, dad's a good man. Yeah, and so uh, I don't like uh, oysters; they're, they're too slippery and gross. You, but uh, yeah, I'm a you're still fine. I'm a socialist side. You're fine. And uh, <laughs> but literally, the table next to us is Burtis and Patterson. Oh wow! And uh, and but I didn't want to interrupt them because they were all talking. I know Burtis. I don't know Patterson. But I know Burtis very yeah. well. And uh, and so I, I it was so hard to not to go to my dad and be like, Dad, there's like really cool people like right there. And he was like, I am. And no. Brian is like, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm eating oysters. Yeah, and also Dad <laughs> is like, like the Hanson twin. I'm listening to the song. Yeah, he's like, R.E.M. Is that the Kurt Cobain band? My eyes, and they're like, No, eyes. Dad, no, just. Not just is that mind. is that Bob O'Reilly? Yeah, never um, mind. yeah, that's it's it's really cool. Look, my my thing. If we give my so go ahead. No, I'm just saying Athens is such an awesome town, right? You, you I'm literally standing there drinking a, uh, I'm drinking a real bourbon, and I have within five feet of me the mayor of Athens, um, the former not not the former the manager of REM and the lead singer of the Drive My Truckers. Yeah. Well, what? And I will give some love for my annual Athens experience. It is the Athaf. The Athaf for me is the really the kind of the best of Athens, 
all kind of coming together. One of my saddest experiences was two years ago. Uh, it was the automatic 25. That was a big thing. They had a big automatic for the people 25 celebration that's, that was coincided with the half. But uh, I'm too serious about running. So they had the big party the night before the half for the automatic. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to that. I got to get up and run tomorrow. So, uh, which I now do kind of regret. But the Athaf to me, talk, you talk about Burtis, like that is the Athaf. I've done the Chick fil A half, but the Athaf really does feel like everything that's great about Athens, whether it's music or whether it's beer or whether it's the school or whether it's everything that's got going on, it all seems to culminate to me in the Athaf. Even if you're not into it, if you're not going to run it, it feels like the communal activity where everybody just goes and cheers each other. So I'm, I'm very much of the Athaf. Mine would have to be Athfest because we've taken our kids, I think, every year. It's in the middle of June. It's usually 97 degrees. Uh, but the fact that they make it for kids that are toddlers, and my kids were there when they were toddlers, and then this past year uh, they had the Connells headline it, and I look at my two so boys fun. in the front row just watching the music that I listened to in college being played live. And so Athfest just yeah. it gets it because it's oh, yeah, like no, a complete street party all the way down yeah, no, Clayton no, and Washington. And I don't know if either of you have done this, the wild rumpus. Oh yeah. The rumpus I, is, I haven't done the rumpus and I feel bad because of it. I I've done it once. Um, I'm going to do it again in a couple of years. It's the hard part of the rumpus of course, is that I have kids and they, right. we, we have things going on. So, all right. Last one. What is this? Is from Clem. Clem's tweets. Former Harvard punter. Right, Clem. Right. Why didn't you transfer here and kick? I mean, Columbia <laughs> gave us a Columbia punter. Does that? Right. <laughs> What's your game day routine, and when does it begin for a three thirty <clears throat> kickoff? I mean, it I, always begins at seven. O'clock. No, it always begins at six o'clock. When okay, that's it. Tony's game day routine. So my game day routine. This is Tony. I, I get up at six. I get ready. I take a shower because I'm not a heathen. Um, I I get to the tailgate spot. I uh, literally just in time to back the uh, van up into the area and unload um, in time for stuff at seven o'clock. Um, from some combination of seven to seven forty-five to eight o'clock, we're setting up. I uh, officially set up the satellite at eight o'clock, which means. Wayne fixes me a drink, um, whether we have a TV or not. And from there, the day goes uphill. Um, <laughs> you know, look, we, uh, both of you have come to my tailgate. Uh, some of you listen, come to our tailgate. Um, the reality is, is like, I like to get out there early. The reason I like to get out there early is that it's, there's a, you know, we, we talked about tradition earlier. It's something about being out there early. I don't think he'd be able to take our spot at this point. We've been there 20 years. Um, but getting there early, it's just important to me in a way. I can't, I can't really yeah. elevate. I get right. Um, and part of it is like, you know, we get to hang out on campus and it's beautiful and it's fun. Um, and you know, the only other thing that we absolutely try to incorporate is I like to be there by the time the red coats, I mean, by the time we do the, um, the battle hymn solo, it's just important to me to be in the stadium by then, but that's it. I mean, we always have fun. I just show up whenever and glom off of whatever amazing Tiffany stuff made. that Tony has set up. Yeah, Tiffany. so I feel, I feel kind of bad, but I'm I'm very appreciative. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, uh, this, I will not get too emotional about this, but when I, when I moved here, uh, I didn't know anyone at all. And, um, and, uh, and Tony invited me to his tailgate, and uh, to be able to be there for that is... <coughs> He's wiping a tear from his We're, eye. <coughs> I wipe a tear from my throat. We're hugging. Um, is that your dad again? No, that was Jim Wood tweeting something, um, talking about what football schedules. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, let's I'm, not. I'm gonna, let's not go. We, we've gone long enough. <laughs> yes, we have. Well, I had one more thing, but is it 29 questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's buy or rapid sell. Fire. Ra- yes, it's let's rapid do it. Rapid fire. fire. Rapid fire. What's the question? What is it? Buy uh, you, you'll understand or sell. So we've been going about an hour and a half, and I figure if we're that long, we might as well spend another five. Look, minutes guys, you're not getting us until next week. Yeah, we, until when? <laughs> until when? <laughs> Excellent question. What? Yeah, this might be our last show for a while. I was gonna say this feels like we're holding off some some realm here. So, all right. So, um, buy or sell. I'm just gonna read a statement, and you're gonna and you can say a couple words about why you feel one way or another about it. And these are random. Okay, I got a couple from my wife that she gave me, and one from my son. Your wife's amazing. All right, this is hers. Hallmark holidays. And so. I had to ask her what that meant. She said, you know, like Valentine's Sell. and St. Patrick's Sell. Day. Sweetest day. That's always the worst one. Sell. Yes, sell, obviously. I agree. Vanity license plates. Sell. I have to say, this has been a frustration for my parents to come here from Illinois. Where you know, literally you can get one by driving through town. I know. They don't understand why nobody here has vanity <laughs> license plates. So I don't have one myself. But I feel bad for my parents. Now. I'm not a Blake Bortles fan. I do not like California pump, uh, uh, pop funk band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do not like vanity license plates. So I, I mean, listen, I generally... I'm, I'm <laughs> That's a good place reference. <laughs> I'm empathetic. Like, I am lucky enough to get be able to express myself like it on could a be daily leech. basis. Yeah. Well, I can express myself in other ways than my life. I don't need to put this man on my license plate. Yeah. I live my life that way. <laughs> That's the thing, though, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people... I'm just going to put a parental advisory on this. I'm not even gonna, I'm not, there's no way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleep or, or okay, cut everything. Okay, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to move on. Yeah. Go no, on. no, but um, I, I just wouldn't want to be that rememberable it's just not, on the road. It makes no sense to me. Anyway. All right. Uh, buy or sell family road trips over 1,000 miles. Obviously, buy since I'm going to Yellowstone. I'm doing it too. Bye, 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 bye. We're yes. driving to Colorado. That's yeah. How you when are you going? We know each other. Spring break? Yeah. Oh, dude, come on. That's yeah. how we truly know each other. Yes. That's how you truly We're going to Yellowstone. The second the kids get out of school, we're yeah. heading out. Yeah. So you're going to be kind of in my parts, but we will be close, but won't be near each other. Except for you're going in March and April. I'm going in May. <laughs> okay. So we won't see each other. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Winter sports, buy or sell? Buy. Sell. Screw I kind of figured you'd say sell. All right. Uh, family sit-down dinners. Buy. Oh, yeah, buy. Yeah, we did that tonight, so I was writing this down when we were having our family sit-down dinner. Nine game. What are you? You're pro, or what did you write? It down? I'm, I'm for it. What did you write down? Because like this sucks. No, no. I'm <laughs> sell the. <laughs> Nine game SEC schedule. Buy. Buy. I would buy that too. Stegman Coliseum. Bye. They've Bye. done a lot of changes to it. Bye. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. Alternate uniforms in any sport. Sell. Bye. Sell. After Will's admission about baseball uniforms, yeah. I knew he'd be a buy on that. The Alliance of American Football. Bye. Sell. I am a longtime Kingsland Apollo fan. 
I'm sorry. I talked about this with, but I just did my show, and I, and they're all like 24. All the producers in the show are like 24 years old, and I I felt so old because they were like, "What do you think of the Alliance of American Football?" And I was like, "You know what? When the Super Bowl was over, I was actually okay having a little break from football That's for right. a while, and like I like football. I love I the Steve Spurs. Like football, but I was okay being like, you know what? I'll just I'm in the natural rhythm." Come August, come July, I will get back into football. But I did not need football in my life that quickly. Yeah. Bye. Sell. All right. Uh, hoverboards. Sell. Sell. We have one. I can't write it. You are history's this greatest all monster. Checks out. <laughs> the Oscars. Bye. Bye. Always bye. I mean, these Oscars are going to be horrible. Yeah. But in a general sense. <laughs> but what if they're not? They're going to be horrible. But we've decided they're not going to be great, and suddenly they're not going to be great. The only way that anyone gives these Oscars any credit is we've just lowered the bar so below that we're like, oh, nobody set themselves on fire presenting an award. They did great. Well, like, when, when Roma wins Best Picture, you're going to be walking on air. I will. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize I've seen, I think, one movie that's even nominated for anything. Black what Panther? No, I didn't see that. I gave you a bunch of screeners. You know what? Um, I have a question about screeners when we're done, by the way. Walker watched uh, The Cliff Guy, the documentary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Free Solo. Yeah. It's really good. He was watching it on the way to Columbus when they were driving, and and my wife said that she would turn around and look, and like his hands were sweating. It's amazing. That movie is amazing. He loved it, so he hopes that thing wins. All right, I'll move on. Uh, Movie popcorn, buy or sell? Uh, I mean, I... Bye, Generally bye, bye, speaking, bye, bye, I would buy. I just go to so many movies that if I eat popcorn every time I went to the movie, I'd weigh 400 pounds. So the official line is sell, the actual line is buy. <laughs> like, I, I'm generally point. with him on that. All right, just a few more. Uh, Chick fil A downtown. Uh, I haven't been. Sell. It I looks great. I mean, I, I, you know, like I go by there every day for lunch and. It's is it super convenient? Sure. But does downtown better. need even though it's a Georgia thing? Does downtown need another chain? No. I have to say I'm kind of team Waller on this one. I'm not. I'm down there. I get it. <clears throat> but like that place needs more jittery Joe, less Chick Fil A. I'm gonna abstain. And I, look, look. I'm also. Can we? Can I ask something to you guys both? Sure. I've been wanting to ask you this both for a long time. Okay, hold on. Let me. I'm look. I love Shane Todd. I've known Shane Todd for. 30 something years. He's the owner of the Chick fil A franchise. I just, it's just. This is nothing Chick fil A related. Right. I'm just saying that it has nothing to do with Shane Todd, nothing to do with Chick fil A. It's just downtown doesn't need another chance. This is just a question. I just, I know it's late and I know this is probably the wrong time to ask this question. But it's absolutely insane to me that you people have a strip club downtown. Like it's absolutely insane to me. (laughs) No, it's not. a strip club. Toppers. Like right downtown. It's totally insane. It is. It is. I mean, think about it. It's completely insane. Well, there's like a strip club, like right downtown. Well, what's the name of the place? What's the name of the The place? Silver Bullet. What's that? The Bullet. Yes. Urbana's very own Silver Bullet. It's not Urbana. It is Champagne Urbana. Silver Bullet. But it is like 15 miles. It is inside of where every campus has that place. Well, it's just not usually downtown. It's a half a mile past downtown Urbana. Oh, it's farther than that. It's farther than that. 
It's just the other side of the intramural fields. No, 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 no you're wrong. It's much farther away. I, I mean, I guess friends, Google, Google, silver bullet. But I'm just saying, this strikes me as absolutely freaking nuts that this is a campus. Well, sh- you can't God. drink on, you can't buy a beer on Sundays, but there's a strip club in right downtown. First off, you can. Second the, off, God bless America. For the record, I have never been there. I don't know if you guys have been there. If you've not been there, I have never not. been in. But like, I so I don't know what it's like in there. I don't know if people are like reading Bibles. I've heard it's, it's, it's nicer than you think. Football. I, I've never been in there. I've heard that if you try to get money from the ATM, that it gives you its own currency. It gives you monopoly money. Honestly, you haven't been in there. In, Allegedly, if you take a step. I haven't been there fifteen from, years, but it yeah. is absolutely insane. They have that good, there is a strip club in downtown of a college campus. There is no I. <laughs> Cover will sporting events all the time, and there are never strip clubs in the downtown. Will they, just they have never a, exists? They have a decent stake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna move I'm on. Not steak. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a completely different direction. But you know that I'm right. It's totally insane. It's it's weird. Or it's weird. or you're not. It's weird. Um, <laughs> Why does this place open at five? <laughs> buy or sell Machado to the Padres. Buy, buy, buy. Buy or sell Nike stock. That was the one Jack came up with. <laughs> Jack's pretty smart. So this obviously is a reference to Zion Williamson. Um, I mean, his family got plenty of money from Nike. Why not? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like long term, if you buy Nike stock, you're going to be okay. Not, not, I mean, buy it today because it's probably down. Um, all right, buy or sell live mascots. La, uh, buy, 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 buy. That aren't named Ugga. Yeah, buy. buy. Okay, okay. Just, yeah. Not, Who doesn't love Mike the Tiger? Okay. Um, Except unless you're a bull. Oh, Bevo's fun. Buy or sell bourbon drinks, not just bourbon, but mixed with something like an old fashioned. Oh, I'm fine with them. Mm, buy. buy. Okay. I mean, how'd you get Mike's fucking Diet Coke after here? Uh, buy or sell the last two. Buy or sell taco stand. Buy. That's why I put it in here because I knew he'd struggle with it. Because I'm all Look, about I'm not it. proud of it, but buy. <laughs> in a pinch. That's in a, a good pinch. That, that, in a pinch buy. But if I've got any other option, that's not where I'm it's going. It's good. The downtown one. Is downtown good. is, of course, yeah. I just like to me like. In <laughs> Do a I really Walmart, need to block that out? If you if you're an ass and Taqueria del Sol exists. Why would you ever go to tacos? Because you're downtown. You're downtown. You don't have a car. But, but you have to drive. I'm not walking a mile for more tacos. Well, okay, then I can just go. If I'm like really hungry, I can just lick the ground and hope there's some gum there that will give me some calories. <laughs> or I could just go look, and some. Actual look, if food. I'm gonna rank places, yeah, of course, Taco del Sol. Italian, I just, I'm, Tito. Very, I'm very, I'm, I'm very unsympathetic to the. But there's no food around me. Like there's <laughs> always food around you. We live in 2019. There is food everywhere. So I'm with you. But the pinch that you need to do taco stand is a very tight pinch. All right. So this is the last one. Next Saturday. I am, if you can see my calendar up there, I'm going to the Classic Center because they are having a bona fide wrestling match. And I'm taking my boys and I'm going with my dad and a couple other friends. That's probably what my dad was calling tonight. He's excited about it. Buff Bagwell is wrestling. Buff Bagwell. And I think one of the Steiner brothers might be wrestling. So I'm going to be wearing my NWO Wolfpack shirt. Of course you are. So buy or sell wrestling. You do not want to know my thoughts on this. Um, 
Go ahead, Tony. So, as a sport, it sucks. As a source, entertainment. As as entertainment, bye. Sell, 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 sell. And all the things that you can get from wrestling, you can get from actual freaking sports. I don't. Yeah, but, under- yeah, but the, okay. This yeah, is, sure. We this is a whole. We can live in pretend land where everything's artificial, and we're. All, I told you not to ask me. And yeah, I think wrestling is stupid. I think people that like wrestling are just being lazy, and they're getting things they can get from actual sports. I'm, like, I'm raising my hand because. So yeah. I don't. I don't view it as sports. It's just entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah, now I'm get, not. No, you not, can get I, entertainment from actual entertainment, or you can get it's sports variety. From actual sports. It's bright. Wrestling drives me nuts. And I went through a brief moment. I'm going to take video clips and send them to you direct message on Instagram. <laughs> I, went, I went through a brief moment where I liked wrestling. I, that's actually true. I went through from 2000 to 2001. I was really into wrestling. And you know who I really loved? Goldberg. Benoit. Benoit was Chris amazing. Because oh, you know what's great about Benoit? And I know we're not supposed to talk about Benoit because Benoit. But like the thing I love about Benoit is that dude was intense uh-huh. and focused mm-hmm. and he what he was doing was outside of all the bull snoot uh, selling crap he was like this is my art form and I am I, I, I'll go to the crazy Japanese thing where they stab me in the face and rip my face apart and I will also <laughs> go and play a, like like I was at the Wrestlemania in Madison Square Garden the 20th the, the, right. the, yeah. the big one where Benoit won Benoit won the WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden. I was there, and I cheered my heart out. Did you get a I, shirt? I, I, I'm not going to advertise my brief moment of shame. Um, but I was there, and it was. I have to say it was incredibly entertaining. But after that, all of a sudden, that was the brief moment, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but it seemed to me that wrestling was trying to get more in the direction of Athleticism and less in the uh, the direction of bullshit. And now, uh, and like that was the time of Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Yeah, guys all about the athleticism and well, Kurt Angle was an Olympic wrestler. I know, and he was amazing. And that was those are the people I loved. And then Stone Cold. Then became uh, say I came after Stone Cold. And but the guy that took over was Triple H, mm. and Triple H was a showman, and they, well, he was an athlete. I don't mean to disparage his athleticism, but like it all became that crap McMahonism <clears throat> of storyline and crap, 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 crap. And I loved the Ben. The only time I ever liked wrestling was it was all hardcore Benoit and Rob Van Dam and uh, the Heart and, Foundation and ECW, ECW, and like. Hardcore indie crap. That was the stuff that I like. And now it's all McMahon jerks. Well, stuff, yeah, he, that's not my deal. the interesting thing about it is when I say that, that's what I still think of wrestling. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched it since then. Sure. Yeah. I because, was trying to give myself some bona fides because I know, like, no, no, I know no, no, everyone, no, no, no. I, I feel like, like, like my role here is the effect New the York heel. guy that doesn't like wrestling. But just so you know, I know ECW. I know Paul Heyman. Like I love Rob Van Dam. I loved all that stuff from back in the day. I mean, I loved all that stuff. I, but once it became like corporate crap, that's what I was at. It's the Fat Mattoon guy. 
So, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, like, which is probably the first time that line's ever been uttered. Like, I know people like wrestling down here, and I get it. But people like wrestling everywhere. I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know. But like, there was a stretch where I really, really liked it. But it was, it was when it was about like. It was about like the Darren Aronofsky movie, The Wrestler, where like you kill yourself, so and you scrape yourself, and you and you, so are you gonna you're gonna watch uh, Fight with My Family. I'm actually seeing it tomorrow. It's a okay. review for Grisham right. Leach. All right. All right, and but like that feels, and we'll see. I haven't seen the movie yet, but it feels very. I'll put it this way: I am okay with wrestling. I am not okay with WWE. I'm not I, going to see WWE. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. probably... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see... That. I don't even know what it's no, called. And see, now that you put that way, yeah, I'm agree, I agree with that. I mean, there yeah. came a point where it just was too much. Yeah. Right? It, it became a soap opera. Right. It became not sports. So, Tony, I got a, one last important question for yes. you. What would your finishing move be? Oh, wow. Something <laughs> off the top turnbuckle? Oh, I can't climb that high. <laughs> I would be a turnbuckle person. Okay. I yeah, I probably, I probably, because that's probably the, would. So, did you like uh, Ray Mysterio? It probably would be a now, Mysterio's not bad. Yeah, I mean, he uh, the old what was the old, the Jeff Hardy who had the hair flipping all yeah, over the place yeah. and he would do like weird flips in the air. I like that guy. Mine probably would be I'd get up on the second rope. I'd look at the crowd because you wouldn't want to make it all the way to the third. Well, because I don't have balance to go on the third. <laughs> I look at the second rope. I do my hands up in the air. And of course, I would sense my opponent coming to pull me off. I would launch myself backwards on top of him, and as he thrashed around, I would turn around and pin him. And, and what would you call wave. it? The Walensky. So this is what I liked about Benoit. Benoit didn't need showful stuff. He wasn't trying to make. He just thing. beat the shit out of you. He just beat the shit out of you and grab your leg and make you stop. And that was the top that when they let him win WrestleMania. He won WrestleMania. Yeah. Like Chris Benoit won WrestleMania. The dude that was the hardcore, old school, Japanese area, crazy stuff. He won WrestleMania. And that felt like a, we are going in this direction. We're going away from the showmanship and going toward the real stuff. I mean, the ratings were bad. Yeah. It also no, turned not. out that Chris Benoit and all sorts of other issues. He had obviously. some stuff. <laughs> yeah, he had some stuff. And uh, so I mean, that, that was the stuff. time where I liked wrestling. I liked wrestling the way that I liked that brief moment where Nirvana was in the top five on the Billboard charts. I liked the. I liked it because other people didn't like it. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and also, please don't. Thank you, both of you, for not asking me about Hulk Hogan. Because <laughs> screwed that freaking guy. I'm not asking about yeah, Hulk. No, I'm not going to now. I mean, Ric Flair turned seventy this week, but Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair, thumbs up. Hulk Hogan, not. Ric Flair is not afraid of social media videos. Nope. Thumbs up. Ric Flair, thumbs down. Hulk Hogan. All right. So it's a great way to end it. Guys, thank you very much. I have now gotten my podcast fixed for a little while. We can make This will it not be edited. Until next week. Yeah. Um, we got long. some while. This is, this so, yeah. So, G-Day is the 20th, 20th of at April. 2 p.m. Uh-huh. We are the last SEC team to play, on, uh, play their spring game. Uh, which is awesome. We are literally a week before, no, two weeks before the Kentucky Derby. Um, we're the week after the Masters, which actually is awesome. We don't have to worry about that. Um, we're not anywhere near the short rows yet, but we can see this time to start plowing. Hi, everyone. What, what's, what's the phrase that we always say? Oh, it's go dogs. Go dogs. 
Thanks so much for listening. And if you are hearing this outro, you must be a true Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast fan, making it through, what, an hour and 40-plus minutes of us talking. And the three of us are pretty grateful for that. So if you could do us a favor, if you will, instead of leaving us a rating and review on Apple, I mean, you can do that, but this might be a little bit easier. Send out a tweet or share this episode on Facebook to a Georgia fan or fans whom you think might enjoy our show. You can find us on all social media by searching for at WSLS Podcast. Not sure when we'll be back. Safe to say we'll get together once or twice in March and April or maybe March or April. Not sure. But we'll be talking about March Madness, the Masters, and G-Day, of course. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, we'll see you on campus in a few months. And have a great rest of your week. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>